Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Bruins Beat. It's September 19th. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. We're presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. I am doing great. And uh, we have no shortage of things to talk about today because a little piece of Bruins news dropped on uh, Monday. Uh, we were waiting kind of all off season to see who would uh, be the uh, the final Bruins assistant coach. Comes out on Monday that it's John McClain, local guy from Wakefield, played at BC, longtime head coach at Malden Catholic, uh, recent head coach at Austin Prep, worked with the Bruins last year in a skills and development role, and he now gets promoted to the bench. So good for him. And I think it also shows that they have a guy on staff who his focus is going to be development. And uh, I think if they're going to be having uh, a lot of younger guys come in the lineup, not a bad hire. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be essential whether you look at not just the influx of, you hope, younger players, but you're looking at quite a few guys on this roster. We've already talked about them countless times, but, you know, a guy like Frederick, a guy like Lauco, guys who are already on this roster that they want to take another step forward and emphasizing that development, that skating and skills is going to be essential to it. So um, it felt like there was going to be someone like a, um, like a McLean, you know, like a Kim Branville, those kinds of, of coaches in terms of guys that are trying to unlock another gear out of these players. Um, Montgomery already more or less said that Joe Sacco is shifting his role to be more focused on the defense. Chris Kelly's looking at um, power play this year. Um, so a few roles getting shifted around now that John Gruden left uh, during the offseason to go coach the uh, Toronto Marlies in the Maple Leafs system. But um, yeah, it, it makes plenty of sense for you look at just how I think the coaching roles have shifted what the Bruins need as they kind of revamp and retool this roster. Um, you know, focusing on a guy like McLean makes uh, makes plenty of sense. Great beard as well. Great beard. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, like Bob Asenza is goalie Bob. He's like the goalie whisperer. Maybe uh, John will be like a skater John. You know, he's like the, the skating whisperer or yes. the, the the skill whisperer. Trent Frederick's going to start dangling through guys and going top shelf every shift. And it's like, oh, John McClain at it again with Trent Frederick. I've, so, all, I've only seen uh, about two or three diehard uh, gifs so far. So good people are keeping that. Uh, contained right now so as they should as they should uh but the big news over the weekend and this was very controversial everybody had a different take on this uh but the new jerseys i know right the new jerseys were released in the logan fashion show how was that how was the environment there Uh, they wouldn't let you fly the plane unfortunately i thought that was kind of disappointing Uh, i thought you know just a quick little loop around even like I, i don't have to take off like just put me on like the ted williams tunnel like do a little just drive drive through there and through south a little bit show off like you got the the jet blue plane 
didn't work out alas the no, wings scraping do? the front of like the broadway that wouldn't be the worst thing yeah exactly <laughs> it, yeah exactly so you know uh that was disappointing couldn't fly the plane but um first fashion i've ever been to uh i tried to like uh get my like my locked in composure like as a new york fashion week and i just see a bunch of like Bruins uh, sweaters and all that stuff walking up and down the runway. Don't know what to do. I felt like I was like Ricky Bobby. I'm like, do I, do I like have like a, a look like this? What do I do? Um, but yeah, it was it was entertaining, interesting. Uh, it'll be the first of I think many very different events this year for the centennial season. But of course, I think what everyone focuses on not on the merch, on the jerseys. Um, uh, they were interesting. Like I think what I usually do is. I think they're pretty solid. I think, again, you can only do so much with them. I know a lot of the discourse, I think it revolves around the striping, especially on the sleeves. Um, but how I always view it, even if you're on the fence about uh, jerseys and sweaters, wait till they're on the ice in the full in the full garb. I feel like that's when you really kind of see see how it pops out there. It's one thing to like wear it as you're like, you know, uh, walking through the concourse at the garden or whatever. When you see it on the ice, with all the full gear on, I think that's how you can best kind of judge uh, judge it out there. Yeah, yeah, and the aesthetic of the the new logo on the ice and things like that. I agree. I think there are too many stripes on the arms of the home and the aways. I think that's the, my one point of contention with them. Some people were like, the gold doesn't pop the way it should. And it's like, I, I think that's just a lighting thing. I'm curious to sort of yeah. see that in person, uh, on the ice, how that looks on TV. Um, but the stripes, I, I don't know. That was my one area where it's like, I think you could have went to three stripes instead of six. I think that, you know, yeah. I don't know. That's my take on it. I mean, I believe the, the, the stripes it's six in, in honor of their Stanley cup championship. So I understand why they did it. Okay. But, then I get that. But, but you could do it another way. It's like, I, I liked how the, um, the, the alternate Jersey, which I really, I'm really excited to see how that looks once you have the, the, the helmet, the, the gloves, the pants, all that stuff with it how it has like the, uh, the six championship years uh, inside the collar and it's in like the Massachusetts sign kind of format and how they have it. So there's ways you can, you can incorporate the six Stanley cups without having like these big, uh, big blocks more or less on your arms. But again, I digress. We'll see how it is once we get on the ice. Also, Connor, we're not, we're not math guys, but if you put three stripes on one arm and three stripes on the other, you get to six. I think that could oh. work too. Three oh, plus okay. three, three times two. I think that's six. So nah. maybe that could also, I think that could also potentially do it. With my math cap on, the math cap is on. Um, but I like them. I do. I, I, don't, I don't have any terrible problems. I mean, the stripes is something I think people, we get all, we can all get over. Um, I like the, the, the logo they went with. I think they like, they went the right direction on them. Um, you know, I think the Bruins are one of those cool teams where they're not like the Red Wings where, like, there's not much you can do. But they're not like the Coyotes or the Panthers who are, like, you know, these eccentric small market teams. Like, you can be creative with the Bruins without stepping so far outside the box. Like, you're, yeah. you know, you can you can be creative without just completely, like, blowing everything up. The colors are the same, everything like that. I also think, like, they'd had those home and aways for since 07 07 08 was their first year with those like i believe so i think that you know it's been a long time it's a new era it's kind of like what the patriots have done you know the brady era had their jerseys and then brady leaves you get new jerseys i think you know you look at bergeron chara Krejci, rask they're all gone 
it's a new era, you know? Um, now the Patriots, I hate their home jerseys. <laughs> so those I'm not a fan of. I like the, obviously the, the red the, ones. Oh yeah. I was going to say, yes. I thought you were talking about the actual, yeah. Those no, no. Time. I mean the blue ones, the blues they wear. I don't like those. Those are, you know, not, uh, not up to par, but, uh, these I like, I like these, you know, uh, do you know, uh, if, if these are going to stick past this year, have they said anything about that yet? I don't, I don't believe so. Uh, I think especially the home and away are just going to be for this year. Maybe the alternative, they're really popular. Maybe they, they throw them in the rotation, kind of like how the big, uh, big gold B one we've seen that one, I think was only supposed to be a year or two and that stuck around as well. But um, so, yeah, I, but I believe the regular home and aways for this year are just this year. It's funny. Cause I was saying this to someone this weekend, uh, they, the Bruins have had a lot of really good sweaters, over the last four or five years that you'd love to see get like come back. You know, you look at like the Pooh bear last year, you look at the yellow jerseys they wore in the COVID year that they wore at Lake Tahoe, the winter classic jerseys, like like five games. Yeah. They barely wore them. And I thought those were so good. I loved those. Those were awesome. And they've, they've had a lot of banger jerseys, like, and I would love to see some of those kind of come back at different times, you know, in the future, in future years, obviously this year is the 100th year you're using what you're using. Um, but I just think that, uh, they, they've been fortunate. I think the Bruins are one of the fortunate teams that, you know, they, the, the colors are good. The, the jerseys work, the designs have been good over the years, the logos, all that. Um, and I, I like the innovation on these. So, uh, and the alternates, by the way, are awesome. I love those. Those are those are great. So, I'm excited to see what they look like this year. I think everyone's excited to see uh, those on the ice and and all that stuff. But uh, another thing that was happening this weekend was the prospects challenge up in Buffalo. Uh, Bruins went one and two uh, through the three games. And it's funny. I was reading Mark Diver this past weekend, who's a you know knows everything about the Providence Bruins inside and out. Um, but uh, he had a story on Matthew Poitras uh, and, you know, uh, Poitras kind of, you know, his uh, his development and how he was looking. And obviously the Bruins staff was very high on him. Langenbrunner, Evan Gold, uh, the whole the whole crew there. And it's interesting, like. We always say, you know, they're they're barren at center in the in the prospect system, and they kind of are. But it feels like he could actually be someone that not this year making the team. He's not make. I don't think he's making the team this year. Not ready yet. But down the road, could be a guy that they look towards as hey, maybe this is a top six center. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he's probably when you look at the team's need at center. You look at his playmaking capabilities, his production, especially last year in the OHL. He's arguably probably the most intriguing guy you have in the system. I mean, Laura, if he hits, not a lot of six four guys that can move the puck like he can. So he's right up there as well. But I think when you look at just how desperately this team needs a center to pop. And it's not to say they need him to, again, don't need him to be Bergeron or Krejci. He'd love for that to be the case. But if he is a capable guy that in the NHL level can give you 45, 50 points and build into a role there, there's a lot to like about what he brings. And again, he's not as dynamic. You know, he's not as good of a skater as a guy like Beecher. He's not maybe as dynamic offensively as a Lysel. But you, you listen to all these different, you know, player development coordinators, uh, coaches, GMs, you know, Langenbrenner, McQuaid, everyone, they all mention, you know, the skills that he has, it's it's tough to really, you know, um, learn. It, it's all like his on-ice IQ, processing ability, um, you know, the way he reads plays, how he gets inside ice. And I think that's what sticks out about him. I, I remember watching him in development camp. The one that stuck out is 
the passings there, obviously, you don't what, have 70, 79 assists in 61 games in the OHL without uh, having that playmaking capabilities. But what stood out to me during dev camp is that instead of, you know, for a guy with that kind of playmaking style, you'd imagine he'd be like on the outside looking for seams. He would always, um, you know, drive towards the net, you know, collapse the defense, and then he would have that wherewithal in that split second to then get a little backhand dish you know, for an easy chance, what have you. Like, that's something I think you really can't teach. Um, that's just, you know, a naturally aggressive, an aggressive playmaker, which seems like it's, you know, a weird way to kind of phrase it. But he has that skill set and that need to make plays happen as opposed to letting the play develop and capitalizing. He makes it uh, himself. So, again, as you said, I think the Bruins are going to give him a, a good look this uh, this camp just because he's in that really unfortunate kind of spot where due to the NHL, the OHL, you would, you know, if, if he had free reign, it would make so much sense to just throw him into the AHL and, you know, kind of learn on the fly there. Because if he goes back to the OHL, of course, it's more games, more reps. He's probably going to put up a crap ton of points. I was going to say, still, a lot of stats this winter. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, he's still going to develop in that regard, but you probably want to push and, and get more of that uh, development acceleration with a year in Providence. It's not going to be the case, so I'm sure they're going to give him a good look to see, again, they, they probably don't think he's ready quite yet, but if he's all of a sudden getting to the preseason games and he's lightening up and you have to give him a long look, um, even if he doesn't make the team, which still seems really unlikely, uh, it'd be a great learning experience for him just to get those reps anyway. So he's definitely a guy I think you have to watch during camp uh, just because he's, again, you look at how barren the system has been for top six centers or even just capable NHL centers of the last, I don't know, decade. Right. Like it's, you really have had <laughs> any of them. Uh, he at least offers a lot of promise in terms of, you know, what the production, but also just the way he plays, like the way he processes the game. It's something that's really, really hard to teach. It makes him a really unique prospect in that regard. Yeah. I just think the hockey sense element is what intrigues me most. You just look at, you know, to be a top six player in the NHL, the hockey sense has to be there. The hockey sense is a must. I think that's one of the biggest things that separates top six guys from bottom six guys, that hockey sense. And he seems to have it um, from, you know, everything that's been, uh, been said about him. And as you said, I mean, if he may, if he really lights it up in the preseason this year, my guess is he still goes back to the OHL, but think of the hype that's going to be around him next training camp. And suddenly if you have this confidence that he can be a top six center, can you spend money in other places? I still think you need to go out and trade for a number one center or get one. But in the you know break glass in case of emergency that you don't do that, again, I'm getting so far ahead of things. <laughs> We're so far. Training hasn't even started, but I do think it's important to think about, you know, could could this save you down the road um, if you could wheel out, you know, Poitras and, and Zaka um, in future years? But again, got to have a good training camp first. Got to have a lot of good things, uh, you know, before that. All right. Quick second here to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 
plus and present mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, now back to the conversation. Speaking of training camp, starts this week. It's big time. It's like Christmas. That's what it is. It's just, it's all coming back. Uh, training camp, though, not the biggest story in the NHL right now. That'd be Mike Babcock would be the biggest story in the NHL right now. So, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I was trying to find a way to tweet out uh, the vid, the clip of um, the Dylan's Burger skit from I Think You Should Leave. And he's like, give me that. Give me yeah. that. You know, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Like, you know, like I'm thinking that's Babcock with uh, do you see like the quote uh, that uh, Yarmo Kekalainen said, like, oh, yes, for my phone, too. I didn't, you know, I guess I could see how that's, you know, Man. bad thing. Like, this what? man is obsessed with taking <laughs> people's phones. Jesus. Give me your phone. Let me see. I need to see he what's have, on he must, have, he must have been a menace when Doodle Jump was a thing. He was just taking oh. everyone's phone. <laughs> Yo, let me, I'm, I'm going to beat your score in Temple Run. Like, like, give yes, me that. exactly. Give me that. No, he would probably um, sabotage it anyway if he didn't intentionally just run you off the cliff every time. If he, did, if, you, if he didn't back check in the game, there you go. You're done. <laughs> Well, it's like when I was when I was younger, when I was really little, my sister used to play Minecraft on her iPad. So one day I went into her, I just took her iPad one day and I burned like everything she created in Minecraft, just lit it it's on fire. So a couple days Why later, she that? opened, she, I, you know, I was like, you know, 10 years old. I was a dick. And, uh, you know, she, a couple days later, she was like, yeah, you know, and so I lost privileges of my own phone and my iPad for quite a while because of it. Um, so it was and it was pretty funny. <laughs> that might have been worth it. Uh, but again, I just, I'm stunned at the idea. I mean, imagine like going in for a job interview and uh, you say, you know, to the guy hiring you, hey, can I like just check your phone real quick? I just, I, I just want to go through your photos. I want to go I'm, through I'm your gonna, Twitter. I'm going to throw it on the TV too. That was the best part. <laughs> I see what your TikTok for you page is, you know? Yes, exactly. What do you, what kind of videos are you liking? Right. Um but yeah, that's a baffling situation that um, keeps getting better by the day. Um, I find again, I find it hilarious that uh, Columbus, with a roster with a lot of very high, highly talented young players, went with Mike Babcock as the uh, as the choice there. So, yeah, another team that uh, just can't get out of its own way, which is always fun. Um, but yeah, training camp coming up. We went. We had to crack a few jokes about the Babcock situation. We couldn't not do it. Um, so biggest questions, things that are on our mind, uh, entering training camp and we'll, well, you know, we'll have more in-depth training camp stuff, obviously throughout training camp. Um, but I think I'll start with a question and it's, it's one we've talked about quite a bit and it's, can Charlie Coyle be a top six center? You know, I, at the start of the off season, when Bergeron, when it felt like they were, you know, Bergeron and Krejci were retiring, I kept kind of thinking, uh, I don't know about Coyle. You know, he's never really stuck up there. The production's never been there. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've looked at point totals and what they would need out of him and playing him with DeBrusque and Marchand for full time, I think he can be. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, but my guess is he'll be a formidable number two center. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's all going to, we talked about this even with with Zaka as well. I think it's going to come down to, I think they're both capable in terms of what the, 
what the task and what the ass is going to be from Jim Montgomery uh, in terms of what those roles are. But I think a lot of it's going to fall on the players around them, the guys on the wing to really drive play there. Um, and, you know, whether it's Coyle with uh, Marshan and DeBrusque, who, you know, Montgomery has high expectations for him in terms of driving play there. Um, you know, Pasternak as your top offensive conduit. If you're looking for a way to get Zaka settled in there, putting a 60 goal scorer next to him for the whole year probably helps him out quite a bit. I think it'll be a couple of uh, nice primary assists off of just feeding it to him on a, a one-timer chance. So, but I think for Coyle, yeah, he's a guy that I think took steps last year in terms of really rounding out his game and being a, a very solid two-way player. He was arguably like their defensive MVP up front in terms of the amount of ozone starts uh, he that weren't afforded to him that made it easier for guys like Bergeron and Krejci to um, get easier starts there on the ice. So if Coyle can keep that up and he's got a higher um, or a stronger supporting cast with a guy like Marshan, who's produced with whoever you put out there. Uh, DeBrusque, who I think took a, a big step forward last year, and he's a guy that, um, you know, if he's playing his game, is going to generate great eight chances. Matter, again, it's for him. He fit in very well with Marshan and Bergeron, but when DeBrusque is on his game, he's hovering around great A ice. He's making things happen. If you have a, a guy like Coy who also likes to possess, possess the puck, you should be able to generate chances there as well. So, Again, I think both Coyle and Zaka have the means to step into – I don't even think that's like you have to view it as the role. It's just like the added minutes, the you know the the more featured spot there. But I think it's all going to then come down to whether these guys that are going to be tasked with really driving play offensively can uh, kind of bring them along as well. Yeah, I think that's huge. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be sort of the sum of the parts type thing with, with him. And the other thing is just consistency. You know, like uh, people kind of point back to that Florida series when Coyle and Zaka were uh, really strong one and two down the middle. Um, can you do it over 82 games? You know, there are going to be stretches of the season where the production is down. They, You know, my guess is it's going to there's going to be some ups and downs to start. You know, I think you'll have, you know, Coyle put up five points in three games and then, you know, you might have two in six or seven or something like that. But um, I think what Coyle brings on the defensive end is just so important. And I think, you know, shouldn't be overlooked. I think, you know, when you're evaluating Coil, I think you also have to judge, you know, if he's getting, which we presume will be the case, a lot of D zone starts and tough matchups, like the production is not going to be as big as people would hope. But if you're preventing other teams from scoring, it's not bad either. Uh, I I, kind of like view it almost like uh, was was Coil and Zaka. It's almost like uh, the Dolphins with Tua. I think like Tua is a pretty solid quarterback, but also the Dolphins have done a good job of surrounding him with elite talent that pulls him along and drags him kind of into this elevated role. And it's not like an indictment saying like Tua sucks or these guys aren't capable guys. But when you don't have a guy like a Bergeron or a Krejci, it falls on, I think, you surrounding these guys who are stepping into greater roles have more talent around them that can make it easier for them as they step into more minutes, more responsibilities. And I think if guys like Pasternak and uh, Marchand and DeBrusque can deliver, it makes life so much easier for those guys who already have a big ask in front of them uh, going into this season. It'd be cool if the the football team from here decided to uh, take the vote on that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Exactly. That'd be really nice. Um, What's a question that you have going into training camp? Yeah, I think it's going to be just what that bottom six is going to look like. I don't think you really have to worry too much about the decor in terms of how it's made up or the goaltending or anything like that, barring 
a steep drop in production or anything like that, injuries. Um, but that bottom six, could not tell you what I think that line's going to look like. I couldn't even tell you what it's going to look like in the first day of camp when we see those guys out there on the ice, right? I think it's going to be fascinating to see how they – not just the, the personnel, but you have so many guys who have different skill sets, right? Like Prime Frederick is different from Lauko, who's different from Lucic, who's different from Geeky, you know, to – Heinen, on all those guys have such different skill sets, not even looking they even at have their own um, thing camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and not even counting the, the younger players, right? Like we obviously know the guys who could be fighting for fourth line spots like a McLaughlin or Beecher or Steen, but could a guy like Merkulov hit, right? Could a guy like Lysel really take a huge step forward? Like there's so many different twists and turns that, you know, we could probably go through during this training camp in terms of finding the best, you know, six man unit there in that bottom six grouping. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see just how that continues to develop all year. I, you have to imagine that the veterans, some of the incumbents have the early advantage there, but we'll see. I mean, again, we've talked about it before, but you told me going into last year's training camp that Laco is going to make a team out of camp. I've been like, no, 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 I don't know about that. Proved a lot of people wrong and then made the most of it when he's out there. So we'll see if uh, anyone else can hit in that regard. Yeah, I mean, the only, like, Lucic is going to be somewhere in there uh, on that fourth line. I have to it feels like. I mean, they, they have him everywhere. They have him at the Jer- the Jersey uh, fashion show. They had him at the Patriots game, uh, on which I think that was just his own thing. I don't think he was uh, – I don't think the Bruce like, Milan, you have to go to Gillette. I think Lucic 100% wanted to go to Gillette. I think yes. he just loves – I think he'll, you know, throw out the first pitch. I think he's just happy to be back. Um it's funny. Someone said to me the other night, they were like, I don't care if he's the worst player in the NHL. I'm just happy he's a Bruin again. And it's like, you know what? I can get behind that sentiment. Like I, that, you know, but I'm not saying he is the worst. I'm just saying like they were saying, even if he was the worst, just having him back um, feels right. Um, I'll go off the board with another question. Uh, how does Brad Marchand look? Uh, Cause again, Marchand was coming off double hip surgery last year. Obviously didn't start until uh, about November. It came back early. But, you know, what's he looking like? How's he fitting with Coyle? Um, how's he doing, uh, you know, post-Patrice? Um, you know, is he, he's getting older. Like, uh, you know, I think that's, these are valid things we have to watch with him. Obviously, we expect him to produce. We expect him to be um, the captain, most likely, um, all those things. But how's he on the ice? You know, is he a step behind? Is he with everybody? Is he faster? Like, so I'm very curious to see what he looks like um, in sort of, you know, again, it's going to be hard to tell from training camp. It's kind of something you might get more of in the first five to ten games of the of the actual season. But curious to see how he looks, how he's feeling, um, and how he's doing. So uh, that would be one. Do you have any others that, that are burning? Yeah, I'd say probably I have none with one. the D. I have like none on D. Yeah, I, my only viewpoint is just how when you look at just how different you know the, the strengths of this team are. Obviously, it all runs through the the defense and the goaltending, but how guy like Jim Montgomery changes his scheme around maybe we looked at last year and how much of a luxury you had not only the scoring depth up front but you had you know such a layered team structure where you could have guys like Lindholm and McAvoy jump up into the play and and impact the game in that regard like Montgomery's got to change things around a little bit not to say that his defense doesn't have the capabilities of doing that but you just don't have that maybe extra layer in front that can kill plays before they get into the D zone. So how I think him and his coaching staff maybe shifts things around, you know, you can only kind of make do with whatever the roster has um, out there. And you just don't have the amount of scoring depth or the amount of guys like a Bergeron who can, is so responsible in their own end that 
You might have to make some sacrifices, maybe be less aggressive in order to kind of be more of a stingy defense first team, um, which again, that's going to be the biggest key. If you want to view how this team gets back to playoffs, it's can you just shut down opposing teams, grind things out and, you know, just find avenues to generate offense. But um, it's going to, I think, rely, you know, depend on Montgomery and his team kind of tinkering things a little bit of how they approach, especially offensively and how they protect their own net. Yep, I completely agree with you. You got to switch things up a bit, and I'm curious to see how that is. Also, Montgomery without Bergeron. Uh, how many times last year did we hear, you know, oh, you know, it's like having another coach in the locker room. That coach is gone, uh, Patrice Bergeron. So I'm curious to see um, how Montgomery is. I'm also curious to see, and this isn't a training camp thing, it's a regular season thing, but uh, how does this team look when they hit the skids? How do they look when they slump? Um, Because it's going to happen. Never happened last year. <laughs> Never seemed to lose many games in a row last year. Um, but they will this year because they're a, they're a hockey team. Every team does. Last year was sort of an outlier. So curious to see that. One other question I have regarding training camp, uh, Fabian Lysel, what does he look like? How is he doing? How is he developing? Um, does he put up a fight to make this team? Because I think if he, if he is lighting it up in training camp in the preseason, I don't know. Maybe there's something there and they feel that, hey, he'd be a good third line right winger, or, um, you know, maybe he makes things interesting uh, and, you know, kicks Van Riemsdyk out of the top six or something. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Me and you are both on the same page on, I think more seasoning for him would be a really good thing. But if he just lights the world on fire in training camp, you know, what, what how does that sort of change their outlook on him? Um, so again, that'd be like my, my prospect that I want to kind of keep an eye on. I mean, I, we mentioned Poitras already, um, but Lysel obviously is the the interesting one and we've we talked bottom six with Beecher and stuff like that so we'll have more with training camp in the future and uh, one place is I know there's gonna be a lot of training camp content from is with you over at boston.com and the Boston Globe yeah we're gonna have you covered uh throughout the the long days of training camp thank goodness I think we've all been waiting for uh days where we almost have too much stuff to talk about it's finally here we'll have all of it over at boston.com so you can read all of our stuff over there if you want to follow me on twitter you can at connor ryan underscore 93 Go do all that. And I saw Connor, your ch- blue check mark is back on Twitter. Ooh. I heard him. Yeah, I saw that. Welcome back. Well, I um, can't say welcome back. I'm, you know, but they can say welcome back. The blue check mark. It's like that, it's like that little gif of the, the kid. I think he's at like the spelling bee with all the confetti's falling on him. <laughs> That's how I feel. Get the blue Anyways. check mark back. But at what cost? At what cost, Evan? You've left us peasants. It's ridiculous. You're you're back on the elite. You're you're an elitist now, Connor. Sad. I help myself. Sad. I help myself against the working men and women. Uh, anyways, that's been Bruins Beat. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. We're presented by FanDuel. You Bruins Beat listeners, as always, have a great rest of your week. <laughs>